0: NBL now back for another week, coming off maybe, just maybe, the weekend of the season in the NBL. A couple of overtime games, some big winners, teams needing a victory. they got it. The Sydney Kings are top of the agenda. The Brisbane Bullets have forced their way back into the playoff conversation. All of a sudden, things look tough for the teams like New Zealand. And what is going on with Tassie? There is plenty to chop up as we begin the week on NBL now. Great to have you company on this Tuesday morning, the 16th of January. Joel Peterson with you alongside a a downcast, a dismayed, but a man who's always enthusiastic to talk hoops as opposed to another particular sport this morning.
1: Hello, Damon Lowry. JP, good morning, man. Yeah, I'm surprised the sun came up after that Cowboys uh, result. But hey, let's talk some hoops, man.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, we always kick off these Tuesday shows with a weekend winner. Damon, what have you got for me?
1: Hey, the weekend winner... I cannot go past the River City crew, the Brisbane Bullets. My God. How many is that in a row for them now? Four wins in a row? These guys are balling, JP, and they're doing it without Josh Bannon. They're finding other ways to win. Nathan Sobe is is an MVP form, and the beauty, the beautiful thing about their performance over the weekend was Sobey went off in the first half of 22, Finished with 25, and they still won. If you'd have told me that the Brisbane Bullets were capable of winning the game with Sobey scoring three points and a half, I'd have had you drug tested. But here, here they are. They playing well. Man, they gelling. Justin Schuler and his staff have done a great job with these dudes. They balling.
0: They've been terrific. And, you know, they they won the first game of the weekend on Wednesday. Weekend, it was a Wednesday night game. But they won the first game without Nathan Sobey. They won the second one without Josh Bannon. Uh, they're doing some some really good things. What, what's been
1: behind the turnaround in your mind? Collective buy-in. It is so underrated. You can have the most talented team in the world, but if they don't all buy in, they'll look like just a bunch of random dudes thrown together. But then you look at the Brisbane Bullets, and they are playing Together, they playing for each other. There's no selfishness played out there in this team. There's no selfish dudes. Nathan Sobe takes shots that a superstar is allowed to take, but he doesn't take them a whole bunch of them. You know what I mean? He's happy to still facilitate and then step up when he's when it's his time. He's mature, and I feel as a scorer, whether he thinks so or not. I just watch him over the years. I always thought he was like a reckless scorer, like a role cowboy scorer. Whereas now he's almost like a methodical kind of a scorer, and it looks much better. And plus, he got all the role players around him all brawling out as well.
0: And, and some confidence into some key players uh, among that. Uh, a headline on the NBL app caught my eye uh, over the last little while saying, uh, The newest defensive player of the year candidate has emerged in Sam McDaniel. I feel like we've been talking about him all season. I don't know where the person that, that was writing that headline's been all year watching Sam McDaniel's performances, but, I mean, he's putting together a tremendous year. He was the fire starter for them on Wednesday. He gets the big jobs, and he's he's become a really key part of Justin Schuler's rotation.
1: 100%. Yeah, whoever wrote that? You late, man. The Sam McDaniel party? I left that party. I'm going to cross the street having breakfast. Sam McDaniel can guard one to four. Make no mistakes about it. And his offensive game has emerged, which is now making him a two-way player, which we wouldn't have thought maybe two, three years ago when he was in Tassie. So cr- kudos to Sam McDaniel. You got your work cut out when when you play against Brisbane Bullets because he's getting in your chest. I watched him defend Gary Clark. Normally Gary Clark takes you down to the to body shop and does work. He didn't take he didn't take um um Sam down there. He tried to shoot threes on Sam, and Sam was right there. So nope. Kudos to Sam McDaniel's, and um, yeah, good job.
0: So much of the story at the moment is about the standings and the way that things are in terms of that playoff mix. It is absolutely jam packed. So you've got Melbourne on top, sixteen and five. Perth thirteen and seven. Perth's got eight games remaining, and then three teams locked at eleven and eleven. So Tasmania, Sydney, and Brisbane, third through fifth. Eleven and eleven. Tassie's percentage in that at 105 is really important. Brisbane's only at 98. Illawarra still around the mix. 19 games played. They are nine and ten, so one game below 500. Cairns is then in seventh. They are ten and twelve. Southeast Melbourne nine and twelve. New Zealand eight and twelve. And all of a sudden, things are looking really difficult for the breakers. And Adelaide, who were you know marooned at the bottom of the table for so much this season, are seven and fourteen and playing some some pretty good hoops. When you look at the, the standings at the moment with Brisbane and Illawarra in there, Damon, can, can you see a world where that's just how it wraps up?
1: Wow. The Mitsubishi Motors Ladder. I haven't seen a ladder this volatile since Jacob's Ladder. Have you seen that movie, Joe? I have not. Oh, it's, a, it's an oldie but a goodie. Anyway, this ladder is out of control. Anything can happen from week to week, as we know. Illawarra Hawks... They've got games in hand and are playing well, even in losses. The New Zealand Breakers, who I thought could make a real climb and possibly get into the four, they lost a heartbreaker at home to the Melbourne United and then battled up by getting the breaks beat off of them in Sydney. So now I'm not so sure about those guys. Brisbane looks solid. They have like a solid six. The Phoenix are sliding, although they probably... Uh, that Adelaide game, they're playing tomorrow night. They got Adelaide. Adelaide, I don't know what to say about them dudes, man. They really, really annoyed the basketball gods the other day. Um, So, look, anything can happen between those two teams, but I don't see any playoff action for Adelaide or the Southeast Melbourne things.
0: In terms of how many wins you think it, it takes to get in, so Tassie have got six games left, so Sydney, so Brisbane. They've all got 11 wins. Uh, Illawarra's got... Uh, nine games left with nine wins. And then Cairns, the first team outside, they've got 10 wins with six games left. And, and New Zealand have got eight games left, but they've only got eight wins. If we say 14 wins will get you in, which seems like a pretty fair number. So the, fir- the last two seasons, sixth place has finished with 15 wins. If we say 14 wins gets you in, Brisbane, Sydney, Tassie looking in a really good spot. And then, I mean, we, we've sort of been saying that the Hawks are coming, and all of a sudden they've got, you know, we know that they've got these really tough road doubles, but they're in a pretty enviable position.
1: And they also have a home double. They got a, a Cairns, and I forget who they're playing on the second. Uh, I think Adelaide. A fall, Adelaide, a Friday, Sunday, a home double, which it doesn't really count. Um, but, yeah, they're looking good. But 14 wins should get you in. And Think about it, 14 and 14, that's 50%. That's a C in class. That's lukewarm bathwater. But I think because everybody keeps knocking each other off, somebody's going to make this play in with a losing record. And that, JP, we need to have a meeting about this. Because I don't want to be rewarding mediocrity. Like, I know we got six teams. We might want to look at a five-team format. One team gets to buy, two plays five, three plays four. Because I don't want teams getting comfortable thinking, hey, we can just whether we can just muck around in the regular season and get in with 13 and 15, stuff like that. So it'll be interesting to see what that sixth-place team ends up with.
0: Yeah, absolutely it will. That's, a, that's an interesting an interesting concept. Let's talk the Sydney Kings, big winners over New Zealand later in the week. Um, we've seen them do this after a, after a poor performance against Adelaide. They come out, and when they really need a win, they get one. They did it a few weeks ago against Tassie. They had a two-game losing streak, went down to the island and took a win and then basically slumped thereafter. Was the Sydney performance real?
1: JP, did we not have this conversation a week ago, something similar? And I said... Several weeks in a row. They made me speculate about maybe they're getting ready to quit on their coach. That's where I was speculating last week. Fast forward to today, and they got up for the occasion. This team is the exact same team, exact same players. The coach hasn't done anything different. They've still playing a lot of zone. The starting five has been the same for the last couple of games. So what's changed? I'll tell you what's changed. Their collective decision to play ball and not worry about whether they like what's being said or whether they like the direction or whether they like the matchups, the lineups. I think because of that occasion, 16,000 people there there is a header with the Sydney Flames. It was obviously the pink round and it was a big, massive event. And there was no way they could trot out um, a poor performance. So you ask the question, is it real? I don't know. And I'm leaning towards it's not real. Because if you're going to be making wishy-washy, flimsy decisions from time to time, I can't trust you. So we're going to see. They got Perth, if I'm not mistaken, in Perth. Now we'll see how they show up.
0: It's going to be, they're going to find out whether they're for real or not pretty quickly against the Wildcats who, who continue to roll. And what have you seen from Tassie over the last little while? Another couple of losses of the weekend, the double overtime game was, was some kind of encounter uh, on Friday night. But um, you go back to that Brisbane performance and the, to the late game mishap and then getting done by Illawarra. Um, it, you know, they've sort of fallen back to the pack. Uh, their, their their record, so they haven't been beaten by uh, more than eight points this season. They've won seven games by more than 10. And their record in games decided by under two or two possessions or less is something like three and eight. So these close games continue to come back to bite Tassie. What are you seeing from from Scott Roth's team at the moment? And what's your, what's your level
1: of concern? Okay, my level of concern is high. JP. When teams that can win close games, I heard about this team once in 2001, the Hawks, won about eight or nine games by, by less than four points. They knew how to win down the stretch. To do that, you got to execute. Everybody got to be on the same page. You got to take care of the ball. You got to defend, And you also got to rely on your, like, your studs. Tazzy's studs are shaky right now. And I feel like Milton Doyle, Australia loves Milton Doyle. Australia loves the little big man, Jordan Crawford. But Jordan Crawford is not himself. He is taking a back seat and he playing with little confidence right now. He's chosen in glimpses, but he hasn't been able to mesh like what he was doing earlier in the season for whatever reason. He is now not like him, himself. He's a scorer. He's an explosive scorer. And he's playing very passive. Milton Doyle. Let's talk about Milton Doyle. We were talking about him as an MVP candidate early in the season. You don't know if Milton Doyle is going to show up or not. Is how can a guy this good, Joe, go a half taking two to three shots? And then come out and get 18 points in the second half. Like, what is that about? He needs somebody on the bench, like a flavor flav. Yeah, boy. Come on, Mil- Come on, Mill. You got to get going, Doyle. Somebody gotta fire this dude up. His personality, Joel, is so laid back. It's so passive and casual. It worries me. Can he turn it on when it's time to? I don't know. So that's the reason why I'm I'm I got a high level of concern for the Jack Jumpers because of the their backcourt.
0: The, the the hype man for Milton Doyle would be an interesting concept. Uh that that he's he's a He's stone cold, but uh, sometimes he uh, he just needs that yeah, a little bit of energy. It, it looks like. Uh, let's turn our attention to round sixteen. It is Champion Pride round, so inclusion and diversity celebrated across the uh, the NBL. We'll see uh, the Champion Pride progress flag uh, on all of the jerseys. Different teams are doing different things around the, the, each of these games. Uh, it's a it's a really important round. It, it can start conversations. Um, no doubt that, uh, that this will get bigger and better in years to come as well, but it's uh, an important recognition of, uh, of um, part of our community that uh, should feel no less included or valuable than, than any other when it comes to uh, any pursuit in life.
1: 100%. Here in my workplace, Joel, we celebrate diversity. It is a regular occurrence and the pride round is here to stay. It ain't going nowhere. The NBL has rolled out the welcome mat. Everybody's included, except players who don't want to play hard and make excuses. You guys can go and get stuffed. But everybody else,
0: the prior round is here to stay. Looking forward to it. That should be great fun. It kicks off tomorrow, Southeast Melbourne and Adelaide. So another Wednesday night fixture. Uh, this one's at the State Basketball Center. So, of course, the tennis is on at the moment. So the Phoenix have temporarily temporarily relocated out to one south. Uh, what are you expecting in this one?
1: I'm thinking of, I'm, I'm leaning toward the Phoenix because again, Adelaide, for all that Scott Ninnis is trying to do with this group, he's got his hands full. It's like it's too late, I feel. This team definitely wants to win, Joe, but they don't know how to go about winning. They haven't all agreed on the best way to win. They show us this. DJ thinks it's, he sh- maybe we should win the DJ way. Maybe we should win the Trey Kell way. Maybe we should win the Isaac Humphreys way. Which way is it? Can they all coexist? Right now, I don't see that three-headed monster really gelling uh, on a regular basis. So I'm thinking based on that, the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix, they know the way to win. It's the Mitch Creek way. There is no debate about that. He just needs more depth. He just needs Abdonator to hopefully play this game. Sauce, was he was down on form last game. Hopefully Sauce can get back to his best. So I'm tipping the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix to win this one. Yeah,
0: hopefully Nader is back for the Phoenix tomorrow night. So that game kicks off around 16, champion pride round in the Hungry Jacks NBL. Damon, good doing business with you. Uh, go and find yourself a new coach. Pick yourself up and uh, get ready for season 2025 in
1: the NFL. Yeah, I'll see you at the
0: draft. Thanks, mate. <laughs> yeah, I'll certainly be there. Thanks to Damon Lowry joining us this morning. Thanks to you for listening. Plenty of news and updates coming through the week on nbl.com.au and on the NBL app.